that sound. Fabby Grind, there's a hustle. Fabby J, there was a rustle. And here's how to do it. This is Finance T with Paris K. Hey, 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 it is your girl, Paris K. And today I am joined by Kendra who is the founder of The Key Resource. If you tuned into my podcast before, you know I've had Kendra on my show before and she is always a pleasure to have. She is a wealth of information. I am a product holder of many of her eBooks and many of her other lessons that she has. So I stand by what she does and what she promotes. So before we jump into questions, Kendra, please give them a brief bio of who you are. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's always so fun being on your show. So yeah, I'm Kendra, founder of The Key Resource, and I'm a real estate investor. I've been investing for about six or seven years. I just, I'm really excited and passionate about teaching others to start out better than I did and to like skip all the mistakes that I made as a newbie investor. So at The Key Resource, I have, like you said, courses and eBooks. And my goal is to basically inspire, empower, and educate you know, new investors on how to get started. So today we're going to talk about how Kendra (laughs) prepared for retirement. She retired. I'm not sure at what, what age did you retire? At 32. So just last year when I was 32 years old. Okay. So she retired at 32. And so how did you prepare for your retirement? So when I first got into real estate investing, I didn't really have a goal to retire early. I just kind of randomly got into it. And then we got addicted to investing once we saw how successful we could be. And then once I realized that, you know, our rental income was making me more than my nine to five job, I'm like, well, I don't even like my nine to five job. Like, I want to leave. I don't want to, you know, have to clock in and clock out anymore. So what we did was we basically set a financial freedom number. We were like, okay, how much money do we need per month to live off of to sustain our lifestyle? And then once we set that number, we were able to kind of say, okay, what do we need to do to get there and sustain that? And once we were able to meet that number and sustain it, we both, you know, left our government jobs and now we are our own boss. So did you guys consult a financial advisor? I know you've set like a financial freedom number, but did you guys consult a financial advisor prior to retirement? We didn't, but I think that's a great idea to do. My husband, he's really like, he's a numbers guy. Like that's his thing. He has spreadsheets that will like make your head spin. And honestly, (laughs) honestly, like as soon as I saw that we could make more than we were making in our government jobs, I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave then. Like, and that was three years before we actually retired. So my husband was like, no, let's make sure we can sustain this. Let's make sure that because with real estate or with any investing, there's going to be ups and downs. And it's really important that you are able to survive the downtimes, right? If you don't have a tenant or if you're investing in stocks and there's a down market, right? Can you still sustain your lifestyle? And that was his whole, you know, his whole point of us kind of waiting it out. But so he's kind of the financial advisor of our family. He was like, no, let's make sure it's sustainable because I'm like, I'm ready to go. I don't want to work here anymore. And the really cool thing, too, like I know right now people, everyone wants to leave their nine to five. Everybody wants to be financially free. Everyone wants to be their own Mm -hmm. boss. 
but really that stable income from your nine to five, they're basically investing in you. You can think of it like that. You can use that stable income to really get your feet wet investing and get into the game. And so it's a blessing that we did stay as long as we did, even though we didn't need to, that money and that that stable income really helped us get to where we are. Okay. So when you were retiring, when you retired, what advice would you give to someone who is considering retiring, but hasn't really taken the steps to get there? I know the spreadsheets mm-hmm. outside of the numbers, what else should they be considered? Like, what are things that you would have, you probably hoped that you had did prior to retiring, but may have not done. Yeah, I think like you said, like the spreadsheets, everything and, and setting those goals, like setting what whatever your financial freedom number is, is super important. And then just making sure that you have more than one stream of income. So if you're interested in real estate, you know, of course, that's my favorite way to make money, my favorite (laughs) way to make passive income, but definitely have some backup plans. It's so important that if if you're going to be your own boss and, you know, you're going to be writing your own checks that you're able to pivot if things don't go your way or if something happens. So always, always, always try to at least have three to five different streams of incomes, whether it's stock investing, real estate investing, a side hustle, you know, ebooks, things like that. You definitely want to make sure you have more than one stream. And so how are you guys surviving during the pandemic? (laughs) We're doing pretty good. It's crazy because this isn't because we now are, you know, our own boss. We don't really have to go anywhere. We don't have to be anywhere any specific time. And so being in the house is very normal for us. We just had a baby girl 10 months ago. And so now she's getting to the age where I kind of feel like she needs to be around other kids and stuff. And so that's one downfall for us, even though we don't care if we can't go anywhere. You know, we, we're safe at home and we're cool with that. But, um, right. you know, our daughter, it's like she's not really getting exposure to people and, and other kids and stuff like that. So we we're, we're fine just besides that. So what does the average day look like for you? Like being a mom, Mm -hmm. juggling, being an entrepreneur, also being a wife. How are you managing all these things at one time? It is definitely a balancing act. So for me, (laughs) definitely our daughter is like priority number one. But as far as our business, you know, we self-manage our rentals. And so there's not something that we have to do every day per se. Like if something comes up, then we'll have to kind of like step into action with our rentals. My husband's always like running numbers and and, you know, I'm like coordinating with tenants and maintenance people if that comes up. But we also have just gotten into stock investing. So we're doing some day trading, which has been really fun and, you know, some buy and hold stock investing. And then we're also thinking about getting into like the vending machine business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's really something I've always wanted to do. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like having those different streams of income is just like super important. Mm -hmm. And the really cool thing, I was just telling my parents this the other day, because my parents always think we're doing the most. Even back when when we first started (laughs) real estate investing, they were like, y'all just need to sit down somewhere. You already got a job. Why are you working so hard to do this? other? Like it's generational. They're just like, why are you doing so much? Like just calm down. Right. So when I told my dad, like, hey, we're we're doing stocks and we're going to get a vending machine. He was like, what well, do y'all need money or something? I'm like, no, we, <laughs> we don't. And that's the beauty of it. We have set our life up to where our real estate is paying for our lifestyle. Like, so if we never did anything right. else and all things stay the same, we're good to go because of how we've saved and invested. But 
we still want to do other things that we enjoy that bring in income. And that's the beauty of financial freedom is you're literally free to do whatever you want to do. And if it happens to produce income, boom, that's good too. <laughs> exactly. I know with the vending machine business, it's low cost as far as like startup costs and mm -hmm. everything. I had a podcast guest, Kendra. She also teaches individuals how to start like their vending machine business. She started it herself and her and her husband now do it together oh, wow. and they have a kid as well. So I'm always like, oh, that's really good. Like <laughs> you're out here multitasking on the lives with your baby. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I'm going to answer these questions so other people can generate income as well. I so I like that you have your hand in a pot of like everything so you can have the experience, the hands-on experience. Because I mean, it's nothing like being taught mm -hmm. something, but actually being able to yep. do it. <laughs> It's totally different. Yes. And I think we're in like this really cool space. Like social media can be good and bad. I love social media, though, because mm -hmm. I think we're in a, a really cool space where, you know, how back in the day when you're in school, like people, you see your friends with like name, name brands or like, you know, the latest shoes and you want those shoes. You want to be mm -hmm. cool. But now it's kind of like you see your friends or friends in your head on Instagram and they got a vending machine <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, oh, I want a vending machine. Like, now the things that are cool exactly. are these like income producing assets. And I really think that that's the space that we're in now. People are making investing look cool. It is cool. You don't have to make, you don't have to make it look cool. It really is cool. Exactly. But, Anything that's making yes, money is cool. Yes. <laughs> and so even though I've wanted to do this vending machine thing for years now, seeing everyone doing it on, in everyone doing it on Instagram has made me like, wait a minute, I need a vending machine too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it mm -hmm. now. <laughs> So do you guys plan on purchasing any more homes or you're just going to focus on the other business ventures that you have going on? Right oh, we're now? always up for purchasing more real estate. We're, we always have our eye out for the next opportunity. So there's nothing that we're like about to buy immediately that we see, but we're always looking. Okay. So do you have any type of recommended books that people could like read if they are thinking about getting into the real estate industry? I know you have your mm -hmm. ebooks. Maybe you can do a shameless plug on that. <laughs> um, people always ask me about like books on real estate. And honestly, I've never really read a real estate book. And then I don't mm -hmm. know any that I would recommend specifically on real estate, but there's a really good book just if you're looking to kind of focus on anything in life. And it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. The One Thing. That's a really good book. And then, yes, as far as real estate, I have courses and ebooks and things like that if you're looking to get into like buying rental properties. But then if you're looking into like mm -hmm. wholesaling or flipping and things like that, then there are like so many other resources out there too that a lot of other investors have. I was just going to ask you, I know you've done the house hacking. Have you ever done a flip? I've before? never done a flip and I really, really want to get into it. That's what one of my goals for this year was to do a flip. And I've also wanted to try wholesaling. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like the only real estate investing that I've done and then I specialize in is buy and hold investing and house hacking. But so that's what I love about real estate. There's so many ways to do it. So many ways to get in mm -hmm. the game. There's like no one right way. There's so many ways to get in. Yes, I just recently came across, well, they came across my profile, this application called Get mm -hmm. Compound. And so basically they offer where you can buy shares into condominiums that they they oh, wow. purchase. And so basically you're getting dividends off of the nice. condominium. So basically they manage the property mm -hmm. and everything and you are just getting profits off of 
basically being a shareholder of the condominium, which I thought was really cool. I was like, oh, this is nice. And you actually get to see the property as well. So I'm like, okay, this is another step into finance. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting steps closer to what I want. Like from the last time you and I spoke, because remember I told you I was purchasing mom's house, but (laughs) that changed. I purchased my own house and my primary residency. Now I'm like, okay, mom, let's do like a rental property. But she's still very hesitant. Even though I have all the tools, I've given her like all the resources that I utilize. My mom is still like, "Mm, I don't know. But I think the more and more she gets ready to retire, the more she becomes like a little bit more like, okay, let's do it. Let's, she's finding property. She's being a little bit more proactive. So if a person is very hesitant, what would you suggest for them if they're being hesitant about, I don't know, buying a rental property? It's really hard with like, you're trying to convince parents. I mean, for me, I found that it's like generational. Mm-hmm. Like my parents, even though they have the resources to buy rental property, they just are not incentivized to do it. They just don't want, I don't know. They just kind of like, no, I'm set the way I am. I'm yeah, and they're just kind of like, you're doing too much. Like, they're proud of us, but they're kind of like, sit down somewhere. <laughs> but if you're trying to convince someone to invest, I think there's a lot of fears behind it. And a lot of the fears are behind losing money. And my thing is this, if you have any amount of money right now in a savings account, it's probably making like a dollar or two per year in interest. It's making no, if that. it's making like no money. <laughs> and so if you want to play it safe, that is okay. And if you're okay with only making a dollar or two a year on the money that you've worked hard for, that is absolutely fine. And if you plan out out your life and that's how you are happy, I really am not going to shame anyone for living that way. But me, I need my money to make money, like point blank. And if you want that too, you have to take risk and you have to bet on yourself. And I always feel like I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to try this thing. And if it doesn't work out, there's a plan B, C, D and E. And that's with real estate. You can pivot just because you decided you were going to buy a house and, you know, you were going to flip it or you were going to, you know, live in it or you were going to rent it out on Airbnb, but Airbnb didn't work out. There's so many other things that you can do. You have to just bet on yourself. Make sure you're educated and prepared, but bet on yourself like you can do this. Yes. And if y'all don't know, Kendra offers one-on-one coaching. So if you don't know what direction to go, she can help you out and get you all the way together. And then she also has a Facebook group where you can get information about real estate or people who are already in the real estate industry. And they can give you like little pointers here and there about investing. So there's so much information that you don't have to try exactly. to figure it out or make the same mistakes that maybe she's made or any other real estate investor has made. They're trying mm-hmm. to save you money <laughs> so you can generate more money. So how do you strategize a rental deal? Like what tools do you use in order to strategize a yeah, rental so, deal? I mean, you can like run basic numbers yourself just saying, okay, how much is, if I'm getting a mortgage, how much is the mortgage going to be? How much is the rental income going to be? One of the things I do, there's so many ways to do this, but one simple way you can figure out how much rental income you might be able to make on a property is to kind of go to Zillow.com and then kind of zoom in on that neighborhood where the property is and see how much other landlords are charging Mm -hmm. for rentals in that area. That can give you a good idea. But then there are like, there are so many equations to analyze a rental deal. You can look at cash on cash returns, uh, return on investment. You can look at what's called the cap rate, CAP rate. 
And there are different Mm -hmm. analyzers you can use online. One of the websites I like is called Avail, A-V-A-I-L, avail.co. And um, they have really great analyzer tools on there. But yeah, there's so many ways to kind of look at it. But I would definitely start with just kind of the basic numbers. Okay, okay. Because I know some people use like Rentometer. Some people suggest getting, well, your real estate agent shouldn't be already (laughs) providing you like comps. But (laughs) if not, then you need to run the comps as well. So my mom's really good at getting those comps. Like I want to invest in, since she's moving to Savannah, Georgia, I want to invest in Savannah. And she's all like, oh, this is how you look at the website. I'm like, okay, go ahead, teach me, sis, because I don't know, okay? (laughs) Their system is not as easy as like Maryland system to look up like property search and actually see like how much someone purchased their home for and things like that. Like you have to take their ID code, (laughs) type it in at the top to see like how much they paid on their taxes annually. I was like, (laughs) this is too much. They just not going to make this very easy. But (laughs) I believe you tapped on this point already. But what's your definition of financial Um, freedom? It's whatever it really means to you. Financially free could be not having any debt. That's for some people. Or it could just mean being able to live on your own terms. So that's what it means for me. Like, I no longer have to exchange time for money. Anything I do now that makes money, I'm doing it because I want to do it. And that's freedom for me. Right. And so who first introduced you to money? To money. (laughs) I think my mom. So I I have probably like wanted something from the store. And, you know, it's kind of one of the things Mm -hmm. where she's like, well, use your own money. Right. And then you have to kind of think like, dang, well, do I want it that bad? And what my mom taught me was, okay, you have an allowance. It's limited. Once you run out, you run out. But what if you use that money to buy some candy and then sell the candy? You can make more money and then you can buy more candy for yourself or whatever you want. And so what I would do was go to the store, buy candy and stuff. And then when my family would come over, like my uncles and aunts, I would sell it to them and they would oblige. Like they would actually buy it. And So then it was so fun for me trying to figure out, okay, how much candy can I buy? How much do I need to sell it for, for a profit? And then I started like renting my mom's DVDs out, like the ones we had at our house. I would rent them to my family. Oh, Oh, gosh. And like make money that way. And it was just so cool to see like my money grow and then I could buy more stuff for myself. So. Yeah, you were already mm-hmm. a young entrepreneur. I, you sound like me. I used to, my dad taught me how to cook breakfast. And so I would sell breakfast sandwiches <laughs> on the bus. Like literally they would hold the bus for me. I would be like, so what's the order? What is the order? So they want wow. bacon on theirs or sausage. That's all we have today is bacon and sausage. Oh, well, we want three bacon, three sausage. That's okay, smart. great. great, great, great. Okay. And my mom was like, yes, if you're going to do this, you have to you have to um, freeze your juices because I started selling juices as well. I'd be like, mom, you have to take me yeah. to DJ's and I have to get a case of juices. And she was like, well, if you want them to sell in the afternoon, you need to put them in the freezer. So throughout the day, they will stay cold. I was like, yes, that's it. smart, mom. Yes, that's it. real smart. <laughs> so when you purchased your first deal, how much did you generate in income? Or was that basically the house that was paying off the house that you were already living in. Cause I know you say you were house hacking. Well, that we didn't house property. hack until our third real estate purchase, but the okay. first, our first rental we bought actually, I think the mortgage was like 1000, a little over a thousand dollars. And there was a tenant living in it that was paying about $1,100 already. So that the mortgage was covered. 
And then we put the empty unit on Airbnb and we started making like about $3,000 a month. So we're bringing in about $4,000 a month on a property that the mortgage was like a little over $1,000. So it was pretty good. Hmm. Do you have any tips for anyone who is trying to get started in real estate during COVID-19? You need to prepare. I just sent an email out about this because I keep hearing people say, I'm just going to wait until I guess there's this. First of all, with COVID-19, this is a I can't even believe this is like real life. It's like we're living through something that's going to be in history books. And we have no idea the impacts and the ripple effect it's going to have. But I keep hearing people say, well, I'm going to wait until prices drop on houses because there's an idea that there's going to be a huge market crash. And it might be I don't think it's going to be the same as we saw like in 2008 because it's just completely different circumstances. But honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. But people are waiting. And while you're waiting, I just want to say you have to prepare because if prices do drastically drop, everybody's going to be trying to buy up some stuff. And the people that are prepared are going to get it first while you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, I'm ready, but what do I do first? How like, can what's I get the, the first money? step? So opportunity is great, but what you do in the meantime to prepare yourself to seize that opportunity is really what's going to matter. And so don't just sit on the sideline waiting for an opportunity. Make sure that you are just as prepared as the next person to really take advantage. That's really good advice. <laughs> because I swear people are not prepared for the opportunity they're thinking about. First mm-hmm. of all, the credit is not where it, where it needs to be in order to purchase a property. They don't know what other avenues they have. And then they feel like once they get denied for an actual property, then that's just mm-hmm. the end of the whole situation. When it's not, you know, because most of the time lenders give mm-hmm. you like steps that you can take to be proactive so the next time that you are to apply for that particular mortgage yeah. loan, you have everything in place. Okay, boom, you have your credit together. Boom, your your debt to ratio is down. So just being proactive is something that many of us struggle with because <laughs> we are procrastinators. I myself am a procrastinator. So I'll, maybe you were speaking <laughs> to me. I don't know. <laughs> So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, Kendra, what, so where can they follow, follow you at? Me on Instagram at the key resource. And once you find me on there, you can just click the link in my bio and everything you need is right there. If you heard me on this podcast, you can DM me. I would love to chat with you guys. And yeah, I just, thanks for having me on. It's always so fun chatting with you, Paris. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, and I just wanted to tell you in advance, happy Mother's Day. I know it's tomorrow, but still, it's Mother's Day, and I just wanted to at least acknowledge Mother's Day. So, and if you guys don't know, I just wanted to plug in everything that Kendra has, because I wrote it down, because she has so many things, okay? She offers one-on-one coaching, real she has like a real estate agent finder, down payment assistance. She also offers like a first time home buyer society, buy and hold basics. I also have purchased the real estate summit, both of them, and they're a wealth of information. So definitely check that out. And the ultimate Airbnb guide and everything else I can see on her website. But literally, Kendra is the real estate plug. Okay, you guys. So if you guys are trying to get into real estate, definitely, definitely check out her page. Because I've learned so much just by following her page, like of programs and things of that nature. And just by people just commenting in the comments. Sometimes mm-hmm. I make a comment so I can look at the comments that's coming behind it. So <laughs> even if you just want to look at things from afar and just be a ghost follower, okay, you can do that as well. But I promise you, 
when you look it up, you are going to be thankful that you are following Kendra. So again, thank you, Kendra, for coming on here, spilling the tea, letting us know how we can get into retirement early because everybody wants retirement early, but we thank don't want to put the work in. Thank you, Paris. Work